This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I am your host, Brian Petrie, for this lovely, lovely Wednesday night. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Sorry, I'm, I'm sounding a little echoey, foggy. My daughter comes in. <clears throat> Excuse me. My daughter comes in and likes to touch my little uh, Rodecaster Pro. I guess you can call it a board here. And uh, I think, you know, there's some dials on it and some sliders. And uh, she fucked it up. I'm blaming it on her because I sound a little weird. But we're going to push forward. We're going to move on. If the audio quality is shit, then I'm sorry. Doing the best I can with what I can. What's up? Welcome to Emma Takes Podcast. <clears throat> Dynamite show. Double show for you today. Didn't want to pump out two podcasts. Go do it all in one. I believe I'm going to do a video pick to be out Friday. I haven't done one in a while. I like doing the video picks. I'm going to I'm going to do a video pick on one of these fights. I had two circled. Not going to say. I probably by the end of the show will say which one I'm doing, but I don't want to say. <clears throat> I got two circled of possibly doing a video pick for. Um, hopefully, I can record that tomorrow. Tomorrow's my anniversary with the old wifey. Four years. Married four years. December 5th, 2015. What a wonderful day. Tomorrow's anniversary. We're going out to... A lovely, lovely establishment in Cincinnati, Ohio called Soto. It's only in Cincinnati. Uh, it is an Italian place, essentially, right? Incredible, right? We went there. We went there before our wedding, but then we took our parents there the day after our wedding as like a thank you for everything they did for us for the wedding. And it's incredible. It's it's unbelievable. We went last year. We went a little later last year because our anniversary kind of fell on a weird time. Well, it's in December, so it was kind of busy for her and I. And with having a little one, I'm sure Winnie was sick or something. But uh, yeah, so we went a little late last year. Still remember. We only go about once a year now. We used to go multiple times. But short rib ravioli, boys? Huh? <sighs> ricotta, ricotta donuts at the end? <sighs> Forget about it. Okay? We got that tomorrow. A little late, 745. I think we're bringing the little one, though. You know, we're going to have my parents watch her. But you know what? We're like, you know what? Let's bring the old little, little spitfire. Let's bring the old Spitfire with us. So it should be fun. So we're excited. So tomorrow, I maybe we'll squeeze in a video when I get off work before I, I go out to dinner. But maybe I'll put it out Friday, put it out Saturday morning. I don't know. Who knows what's going on? But I'm feeling good, boys. I, I'm caffeined up. I just put posted on Twitter before I hopped on here. Caffeined up. I, I got the endorphins going from the boxing. Feeling great. Putting in some rounds. Didn't I, I've had a little bit of a stummy, tummy issue. Tweeted that out yesterday as well. A little bit of a tummy bug. Two of my friends texted me and said, yeah, dude, I had the same fucking thing. I've been throwing up like crazy. Well, I haven't been throwing up. I usually don't throw up whenever I get a stomach bug, but, uh, you know, I just shit my brains out. It's just water coming out. I mean, let's just be real. If you don't like shit talk, I'm sorry, but it's just, it's been rough two days. Like no matter what I ate, it's just been coming out like fire. So, uh, yesterday was no different. I felt a little better, but I'm like, you know, two to put me two days down. Didn't do it Saturday or excuse me. Didn't do it Sunday. Didn't do it Monday. I'm like, I need to, I need to get back on the, I need to get back on the grind. So I pushed through yesterday. Let's just say I didn't throw a lot of kicks. A little worried about something coming out. Uh, I did not shit my pants. Proud to announce I did not. Got through it. I'm being honest with you guys. I, I, I cut it short. Usually I do about 10 rounds. I have an app that's just set for 10 rounds. I did about eight. Right. And then, and then I took the, the, the final two, I took like breaks and shit. Did about eight rounds altogether. And then I started kind of messing around a little bit at the end. Nothing serious. I was throwing some Masvidal knees and I was feeling great. That's the thing about working out is you don't want to do it. 
you don't feel good. You're like, I don't fucking want to do this. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to fucking, I just don't want to do it. And then when you go and you do it, you're like, and then afterwards you feel so much better. You really do. Like I feel like a million dollars right now. It could be the caffeine. Could be I just ate, but I feel like a million bucks. You know, I feel like I have a group text with uh, the guys at work and I was just feeling so good. I'm sitting there saying like, you know, joking with them. Like I'm coming back guys. I said, uh, if you guys want to sponsor me, you know, buy me a pair of gloves when I return and I, and I, and I, and I fight and I, and I win, you'll be the first person I thank you. And, uh, without missing a beat, one of the guys in the group text is like, are you a little old for that? So, I mean, talk about cutting sales, right? Yes. I'm too old. I'm too old. Actually though, if I was, if I really wanted to, and I've been, I've been around the MMA scene, uh, or I haven't been in a while with uh, local MMA, some of those guys that show up at these local MMA shows, man, like, I'm I'm not just saying it because you know I have confidence and the ego and stuff like that. Some of these guys that fight, right? That I have seen fight, you know, they put on the first fight of the night, right? Looks like they never thrown a punch in their life. They just it was like, did they lose a dare? Like, how do they get some of these people that think they can fight? It's wild. I mean, there's guys in their fifties doing it. So if I really wanted to, like, got listen, if I want to be in the UFC, long gone, right? I know I'm not gonna be in the UFC. Duh. I know I'm not gonna make it at all. And I and I shouldn't, and I'm not going to. But if I was gonna compete at 33, I think I'd be the whoever they match me up with, I'd be probably half his age. Usually the guys who fight first are like either 19 years old or 17 or whatever, 18, or they're in their fucking 50s or 60s. I'm telling you, like and that's just around here, right? Amateur MMA around here is there's some people that take it very seriously and they go out there and they fucking, they crush. But I've seen some older guys walk into the gym who were probably 35 at the time. This is when I was back when I, you know, this was several years ago and I was 26, 27. They walk in 35, they're, they're bodybuilder looking guys and they go, yeah, I saw the ultimate fighter. I really like the UFC. I'm going to train UFC right there. I'm like, okay. So if you train UFC, you don't even know the sports called MMA. We'll let it go. Right. And all they do is they come in there and they, and they do a couple sparring rounds. They do a couple classes and they immediately want to fight. And the old owner of the gym I went to would never let that happen. But the, once he left, I mean, if, as long as you're paying your fees, they're like, well, yeah, if you want to fight, you can fight. So these older guys, 35 to 40 or whatever they were, I actually don't know how they were. That's what I'm predicting. They come in, they do a couple classes, get beat up in sparring. They might have like one good sparring session where they didn't get their fucking head kicked in. And they're like, I'm ready to fight. You know, I got muscles. I lift weights. You know, I'm ready to go. And they go in there and they just get fucking annihilated. They get smoked. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just feel so good sometimes, like when I do it. Like it's such a confidence thing. That's what that's the best thing about it is like, I hate running. I hate working out. I don't like lifting weights. I don't like doing anything. But boxing and grappling and MMA is almost like tricking me to work out because it's like, a really good workout. It gets you in shape. It's the cardio, but you're learning skills and it's like, oh, I'm getting better. I want to get better at this. Or I can throw that punch better. I can do that takedown better. It's tricking me into working out. And I think that's the way I got to do it. It's like I trick my brain. Cause when I'm running, I'm just like, I'm fucking running. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? Quit. And I stop. Like I don't have that gene where I just can keep fucking running. But uh, we got some things. So like I said, double episode. So we're going to go over just a couple little things that have been going on in MMA and then we'll do the uh, the the um blah 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 the UFDC pickums, which the UFC is pulling a fast one on us, boys, because it's not that great of a card. But we haven't had MMA in three weeks. Essentially, it'll be three weeks to the day when they give us the UFC um, DC. 
and uh, they're tricking us because they're like, oh, listen, here's a little tease. Here's a little nibble, right? Here's a little, not even an appetizer. You know, it's not even an appetizer meal. It's a Triscuit. Here's a Triscuit before we give you the main course next week. Because UFC uh, on the 14th, what was that 245, 244? I can't remember. Can't keep up with numbers. Action pack, three title fights, insane card. They're giving us a little nibble for this one, though. But I'm excited. I'm fucking pumped up. I'm going to be watching it. They could have had, uh, you know, whoever fighting, and I would have watched them. So geared up to watch, you know, high quality UFC MMA. There's Anthony Joshua, uh, Joshua and Andy Ruiz. I know we don't talk boxing enough or a lot on this podcast. Predictions for that, real quick. I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but predictions for that. I really like Andy Ruiz. He kind of came out of nowhere. Once he knocked out Joshua, I went back and watched his Joseph Parker fights. I went back and got as much training footage as I can out of him. The guy's a real deal, right? I don't know. I'm not plugged into the boxing world like some of these guys are. I'm really, I mean, I know Joshua's 6'6, muscled up, the next big thing, undefeated fighter, whatever. I really don't know how they slept on Ruiz as much as he was. I'm not sure how big of an underdog he was, but they definitely slept on him and he's got some real skill. Yeah, he's fat. Yeah, he's chubby. Um, but he's got some really talent. You know, he's powerful. He's got a good chin. He's got fast hands. He's aggressive, works on the inside. Not the most impressive looking guy in the world, but you don't have to be. Joshua, on the other hand, is really impressive looking. Um, and I've never been impressed with Joshua, if I'm being honest with you. The Klitschko fight was really entertaining. That ha- actually happened on my diaper party. Uh, probably the last time I actually had like booze booze. Like I was, I was kind of, kind of drunk for that, but we watched that. It was during the days I was in London. Um, awesome fight, right? But other than that, I've never been like overly impressed with him. I thought he was a little bit arrogant. I thought he got away with being as big as he was uh, and as strong as he was. I think he got away with that a lot. And I think he maybe took Ruiz lightly. I like Andy Ruiz. I, like I said, I've been following this fight a little bit and I like him. I've been watching all the training stuff and whatever I can get my hands on, essentially. Um, I just don't think he's going to beat Joshua. I know I just said all that shit about Joshua. I think Joshua. They're both trimmer for this fight. Joshua is obviously in better shape because he gassed. Ruiz is still going to give him problems on the inside. I think Joshua is going to box. I think he's going to kind of run away. I think Ruiz is going to have to really work to get inside. I don't think Joshua is going to let him do that unless he gets tired, but he does look significantly trimmer for this fight. So I'm assuming he's done a lot of cardio. And uh, but so is Ruiz. Ruiz took that fight on short notice, and and you know what it was. Very excited. I think it's it's in Saudi Arabia. I'm not really sure if they're going to cater to American audience and they're going to put that on you know our time, or if they're going to do it like a midday thing. Not sure how that works. But my predictions, Joshua. I'm not going to bet on the fight. I, you know, I don't have a, a dog in the fight or necessarily, but um, I'm and I'm not very good at predicting boxing. I just I just been kind of catching this a lot. I've been kind of overloading on combat sports and uh, boxing was just in the crosshairs and, and this fight's coming up. So it's going to be good. I'm hoping it's during the day. Cause I really don't want it to be like super late at night and have to rush to get, uh, get the UFC in and then watch that. But I'll probably watch it on my phone anyway. All right. So the big news, Connor Cowboy, it's official January 18th. I don't know if it was official last time we talked, but it's official. Um, I questioned that 170. I don't know why it's at 170. Ariel Hawani kind of explained it on one of those 800 shows that he has for ESPN that the plan is Connor wanted at 70 to get his body used to 70. Then he wants miles Then he wants Diaz again. I get it right. I get that. That being your plan. I understand it. Um, but for the past six months to a year, you've only been talking about Khabib, right? You flirted with the Diaz thing. 
the trilogy Diaz fight, you flirted with, um, you know, like I know he got pissed off when Dana said Masvidal was too big for him. You flirted with obviously fighting Masvidal, who's like the biggest star in the world right now in the UFC. I mean, obviously he's not like, you know, bringing in Connor money, but the hottest, him and Israel are the hottest in the UFC right now, in my opinion. So I kind of get it now a little bit, but I don't like him at 170. I think he is, this is a guy who you, the reason he was so good at 45 because he, he was really big and he cut a lot of weight for that and he was long and he was aggressive. So when he came forward, his reach and his aggressiveness really worked to his advantage at 145. Plus he walked through everything at 145. No one can hurt him at 145. Look at the Chad Mendes fight. Chad Mendes cracked him and he just stood there. Plus getting down to 145, as much as I hate that weight cut, he had to get in incredible shape to make 145. So his cardio was always on point. 155, I think might be his best weight class. I think he's really good at 155. He's looked really good at 55. Obviously, the only time we've seen him at 55 in the UFC was Eddie, where he won the title, and then and then uh, Khabib. Or, so he's one on one in the UFC, but I do like him at that weight class. Don't love him at 170. I just don't love him at 170. Um, I get it, though. Those are the three biggest fights, I guess, right? Cowboy, if you get by Cowboy, then you go Masvidal. If Masvidal's not fighting Diaz, or you go Diaz, Masvidal, whatever it is. Those are the biggest fights, but he's been talking about Khabib a lot. And speaking of Khabib, there's a lot of these ugly rumors. Ali, uh, his manager, Ali Alabazi, tweeted out that if USADA contacts you as a fighter, do not directly contact with them. Call your management or call somebody. Do never directly contact USADA because they're trying to suspend you. They're looking for suspensions. So everyone's running wild with their takes, right? And Connor liked a tweet from a guy with the notorious in his uh, Twitter handle. So let's how reliable is that going to be? Right. This guy's a Connor fan. He tweeted out that Khabib got busted for ostrogen or ostrogen. Some one of us, a, a PED and that his fight with uh, Ferguson's in jeopardy. A couple other things kind of made the rounds last night. I think it's just this projection. I think people are just making this shit up. Everyone would love the, for Khabib to be on steroids because he's the most dominant thing in the world. Um, some of his, I don't know if it's teammates, but people from Dagestan, people, Russian guys have been popped for steroids. And it's just, you're pointing the finger because Khabib's the best of all of them. Uh, you know, Connor obviously holds a grudge against Khabib. So I think the 170 thing's a little weird. Um, I would like him to get to 55 and really, and, you know, if him and Cowboy, I love that fight for him back. Him and Cowboy at 55. I think that's, that's a great fight for him. At 170, it's still a good fight for him, but I don't know why it's at 170. But if he took it at 55, then he goes Cowboy and then Gaethje in the summer because he wants to fight three times this year. Gaethje in the summer. So Khabib Tony's happening in April. He's fighting in January. So this is the timeline would be perfect if he stuck to 155. Fight Cowboy in January. Fight uh, Gaethje May, June, July. The July big pay-per-view they put on every summer. You win that. Now you're up two on 155. You get the winner of Khabib Tony. Now, obviously, if Khabib loses to Tony, then Khabib obviously warrants an immediate rematch. But if Khabib wins, Khabib Connor 2 is the biggest fucking pay per view ever. I mean, fucking ever. And you put that in the fall, one of your big fall sh- pay per views. They did October of last year, 2018. You put that this fall, I mean, forget about it, right? That's what I would make sense. Masvidal Diaz are big pay-per-views as well. But 
as a Connor guy, Connor's been talking. He wants that Khabib match again. He wants to fight. It went from Frankie Edgar, who's going to 135. He was going to fight Frankie at 155. Now it's now he's fighting at 170. I don't know. He's going for a third belt. I don't like Connor at 170 though. I don't think he's going to beat you know Colby Covington. If Colby wins, that's a tough matchup for Connor because of the wrestling, the the fucking pace. Kamar Usman's too big. Kamar Usman has a tremendous pace and he's too big for Connor. Tyron Woodley's not tall, but he's big for 170. He's a thick boy. Those guys to me are just too, too big for Connor at 170. I like him at 55. I like him at 45. I know he's getting a little older. I know that cut is ridiculous, but that's just my opinion on it. And then the last thing before we get to the DC picks, just to keep, we'll keep this short and sweet. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Actually, you know what? So Felder, before we go to that, but Felder Hooker got announced. Uh, they did a stare down in New Zealand today. Intense stare down. I like both these guys. Love the stare down, the photographer. All right, mates. Uh, time to look forward now, mates. And they just keep staring at each other. All right, face forward so for the cameras. Face forward for the cameras. And they just fucking kept staring. They were ignoring the photographer like, nobody. Uh-uh, I'm not taking my eyes off this guy. It was intense, and you like that because the fights could be dynamite. I like both guys. If I had to pick right now, Devin messaged me about this. He gave me my thoughts. I didn't message him back yet, but who do I think is going to win? I like Felder, but I think I'm going to go with Hooker. Hooker really impressed me his last fight out in New Zealand. I think Dan Hooker is going to be really tough to beat. I think it's going to be very close. I think both dudes can take a beating. I love that it's five rounds. Uh, Dan Hooker's cardio could maybe come into question a little bit because he kind of did gas against Edson Barboza. I believe this is both of their first five-round fight, right? I don't think they both have fought five rounds before, at least in the UFC. Definitely first main event for both guys, I believe, right? Um, Yeah, I'm excited. That's a banger. That's a cracker, as I say. Uh, But my early lean is hooker. I'd have to see in a line, the early lines. I think it would probably be pretty even with hooker maybe being a slight favorite because Felder has been wishy-washy and he hasn't looked as dominant as, as Hooker has. I know Hooker just got his fucking body beat in by Bar- Barboza not too long ago and Hook and Felder beat Barboza. So if you did MMA math, you would think, oh, this is a problem, but this is a really good fight. I'm really excited about this fight. All right, so before we do the uh, the DC stuff, let me just cabruise MMA junkie, see what's up here. I think a lot of it's just they're interviewing fighters from... Um, for UFC DC coming up, you know, Masvidal's doing play-by-play for that uh, Tito versus Alberto pay-per-view. I can't believe it's a pay-per-view. How many pay-per-view things are you going to sell? Alberto, Alberto Del Rio, fucking the dude wore a mask against Crow Cop in Japan and got his fucking head kicked off. Tito's just, I mean, walking brain damage. The things this guy says, he's so dumb. I mean, there's a um, there's a Twitter account, Bart. Barashino Depot. I'm sure you guys have seen him. He's he he roasts Shab, he roasts Tito, he pulls video clips. He's really good on Twitter, really funny. I recommend him. I might be mispronouncing his his Twitter handle, but I mean, fucking Tito's brain dead at this point. It's wild. Uh, Johnny Walker booked his fight against Nikita Krylov. I think that's a really good fight for him to come back to. Nikita Krylov is a solid veteran. Johnny Walker. They need to set him up. They need to get him a win. If he's going to be the star they want to be, if he if he loses to Nikita Krylov in the same fashion, lost Corey Anderson, that's rough. Corey Anderson versus John Blahovich got booked as well. 
Uh, don't really have many opinions on that fight because it's you know kind of a snooze fest in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so let's see. That's about it, right? I mean, there's not a ton going on. I mean, unless you want to talk about fucking, you know, if you want to talk about Nico Montagna facing Macy Shazizian. I can't never pronounce her name. And uh, the only the only other thing is is Gaethje said that um, Gaethje said that. I'll be willing to be a backup for Khabib Tony as long as the UFC pays him to get in camp and stuff. I like that, right? Because the, the fight's cursed, right? I don't like talking about it, right? I don't want to talk about it till fucking... I want to talk about it after the fucking fight happens. But, um, I mean, the fight's fucking cursed. So, Gaethje, three-fight winning streak, wants the title, wants the shot. I think Max is up really well. I think he beats Tony. I know that's crazy because Tony hasn't lost. I like Gaethje in the Tony fight. Obviously, I can't say he's going to beat Khabib because Khabib's fucking a tough matchup for everybody. I thought Dustin might have handled the takedowns a little bit better um, than than he did against Khabib. And and he's been, Dustin Poirier's been a must follow on Twitter. He's been very vocal. He said it's not really his strength, it's his positioning. And and he's given really good insights. He's really opening up on Twitter since, uh, you know, he's been down with that injury. So. Uh, I, but if, if you're Justin Gaethje, there's a no brainer. You got it. You got to fucking step in and get paid. And if you don't, oh, well, but if you do, you get a title shot. The only problem is, is there are two different styles, right? With Tony, I imagine he want to keep the fight standing with Khabib. He's going to keep the fight standing too, but he's got to really learn, really, really work his defensive wrestling, which I guess you could do that. Work your stand up, do the defensive wrestling. And then when you fight Tony, not really worry about too much of the defensive wrestling you just work your stand up. So it might not be too big of an issue, but I love that, right? I want Gaethje to see. I want to see Gaethje Khabib before Khabib hangs it up. I think Khabib's probably got three more fights before he's done. I think he'll fight Tony. I think he'll fight maybe whoever the next contender is. And then I know he wants to cap off GSP. Not sure if that's going to happen. Faraz was on uh, Rogan. I haven't listened to it yet. I might listen to it tomorrow. So I don't know what he said, if, if GSP is going to come back or not. I think if the money's right, I think that's an interesting fight, GSP versus, uh, versus Khabib. All right. So you're going to hear a little jingle jangle, and we'll get into UFC DC. Oh, I, I like money. Yeah. I like money, though. I like money. I like money. I like money. Can't believe you like money, too. So if you like money, you should listen to me because we're about to get you some money. UFC DC is this weekend. I cannot say UFC DC without saying it like DC, like Tina Cormier. Main event, Alistair Overeem versus Jarazina Rosenstrike. Uh, was supposed to be Walt Harris. Obviously, Walt Harris is dealing with the death of his daughter. R.I.P. and I Blanchard. Um, so, Rosenstrike, uh, strike, step up on short notice. Again, card's a little thin. I don't love a lot of fights. A lot of fights are tough to pick. They are They are what they are. Okay? They are what they are. But um, we're going to power through because, like I said, we haven't, we haven't had MMA two, three weeks. So, uh, this is the best we got. Um yeah, best we got. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I went over this card yesterday, went over it again today. And uh, I mean, you can never judge a card on the paper, but can you? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Let's kick it off, though. First fight of the night, Trevor Smith. He's a plus 300 underdog. He is 15 and 9. He is fighting Makimev Muradov, who's 23 and 6. He is a minus 400 favorite. Um, I, I, I'm not a Trevor Smith guy. I've, I've disparaged him 
on this podcast and in, in, in person, not in, in to his face, but to like friends of mine, every time he fights, I'm like, how's this guy in the UFC? Right? So this guy's got, you know, since 20, how long has he been in the UFC? God, he's been in the UFC since 2013 and he still has a job. So he lost Ed Herman's debut. He beat Brian Houston. Who? Lost to Taylor's latest beat tour. I remember tour. Tor Trung, the guy from the Ultimate Fighter, won a decision. Lost to KO Magales. Beat Dan Miller by decision. Beat Joe Gialetti. I don't think either of these guys, none of these guys he's beaten are in the UFC anymore. So that was a two-fight win streak. And then he lost to Andrew Sanchez. Lost to Chris, or beat Chris Camozzi. And uh, lost to Elias Tedoro and Zach Cummings last two times out. He hasn't fought since a year ago in December. Now he's got Makhamev Miradov, who is coming off a nice little underdog play against Alessia DeCicchio. I know a lot of people didn't think he won that fight. I thought he won that fight. Big, beefy kid from Prague, Czech Republic. I think he might be from, like, Uzbekistan or something, or that's where he fights out of. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uzbekistan is where he's born, um, fighting out of Prague, though. But how is a guy like Trevor Smith in the UFC when he, all his wins from since 2013 – all his wins come from people who are not in the organization anymore. Yet this guy's a this gotta be his last fight in his contract. I know he's got a lot of fights spread out. He slipped through the cracks and maybe he got cut. Maybe he's taking this fight on short notice, and maybe that's something I don't know. But how is Trevor Smith in the UFC? And how I mean the guy's gassed every single time he fights. He's not an exciting fighter. He wants to clinch, grapple, lay on you, you know, just grind you out. He's not a finisher on the feet. He's not a finisher on the ground. Makhamed looked really good against Lesia DeChikio, who's really tough to look good against. DeChikio's a big, strong dude who's good in the clinch, good boxing, good takedown offense, and Makhamed just went after him and took it to him. A lot of losses on his record for being so young, 23-6, and six, not the best record making uh, you know, making his USC debut uh, against uh, DeChikio, but he showed up, and, and I know DeChikio was upset about the decision. I won some money on that uh, underdog play. I don't like him at minus 400. I don't think he should be a minus 400. I think that speaks volumes of how bad Trevor Smith is. Um, I don't know if you want to bet this fight. I mean, it's really high for a guy who's 23 and 6 and only one in the UFC. I do think he has some talent. Don't know if he's a killer yet. Um, but if he is a killer, he needs to get Trevor Smith out of there. You need to finish Trevor Smith, whether Smith and TK or whatever. He's going to gas out in the third round. He always does. And if Magomedov can get a finish in here, then that, that, that to me, I like that, right? Because he should finish. If he's going to be a guy at middleweight, he should finish. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bet this fight. Minus 400 is really stiff for a guy I don't know a ton about. We only got such a small sample size on him. So I'm going to pick Magomedov, obviously, minus 400. But I don't love I don't love the line. All right, next up. Uh, this would be a hell of a name for me. Vima Jandaroba. Fucking nailed it. She is 14 and 1. She's a minus 300 favorite. She's filing Mallory Martin. There you go. 6 and 2. She's a plus 230 underdog. Little fun fact Mallory Martin is the girlfriend, maybe wife. I think it might be girlfriend. Girlfriend of Duran Wynn. She trains out of AKA or Col- maybe she trains out of Colorado. I don't know. I know she's a Colorado gal. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming if she's Duran Wynn's in her corner and stuff, uh, she, she's going over to AKA to train with them. Um, I looked up tape on both these women. They're both very talented. Both very good. Vima has a great record. That's why she's so high up there. But I don't feel like she's fought a tremendous amount of competition, right? When you fight women in Brazil 
anything kind of can happen. She went over to Victa, has some nice, uh, excuse me, has some nice submission wins. She's very talented on the ground. But a lot of these earlier wins, you know, a lot of Lima's in there. You know, she beat a girl. It looks like she beat Christine Lima like four times, you know. So her record's definitely padded. Her UFC debut, she lost a decision to Carlos Esparza. Um, I think she's very durable. I think she's tough, and I think she's slick. Mallory Martin, there's not a ton of her out there. She did fight in Evicta, I believe. Was it Evicta? Right? I believe she's an Evicta, former Evicta gal as well. Absolutely. Contender series as well. Um, she's on a five-fight winning streak. Her two losses, Macy Barber was one of her losses. That was her third MMA fight, uh, pro MMA fight, and she lost her second one. Oh, both by decision. Very tough girl. She's really good on the ground. She's heavy on top. She kind of fights like you would expect a Duran girl, Duran wins girlfriend to fight. She's a grinder, good wrestler. She's tough. Puts her head in there. Good cardio, which Duran doesn't really have good cardio. But um, listen, I like her as an underdog here, big time. Mallory Martin stepping up, making her UFC debut, has some wins in the victory, five wins in a row. Vima coming off a loss to Carlos Esparza. Mallory Martin is very similar to Carlos Esparza style-wise. Esparza obviously has more experience and maybe even the better wrestling pedigree or the better wrestling credentials. But Mallory Martin, I think, is young, hungry, looking for her debut here with a big splash. Confidence is on her side with five wins in a row. Losing to Macy Barber has not, you know, a decision to Macy Barber. There's nothing to hang your head on for that. I like Mallory Martin at a big underdog here. I've sworn off betting at women's MMA because you never know, but I might take this. It's a new turn of the leaf, I guess. Not really because it's not the new year yet, but I might play. I might sprinkle Mallory Martin here. Plus 230 is a nice little kickback. I might put her in a parlay with just another other fight that I'm really confident about. And then if she hits and we're good, second find the night, I could look forward to uh, anything if I put her in a parlay. So I might sprinkle her around a little bit, but I, I'm confident in that fight. Um, not going to be easy, though. I, I see her winning a decision, if anything. Probably a close decision. We'll be sweating that one out, boys. But at plus 230, you can't pass up that, uh, you can't pass up that fucking number. All right, next up, we have Matt Wyman, who's 16 and 8. He's a plus 260 underdog. He is fighting Joe Selecki, who is 8 and 2. He's a minus 340 favorite. Matt Wyman looked absolutely dreadful in his, you know, he took four or five years off, fought Luis Pena not too long ago. Pena, a real good looking prospect at 155, um, just just got annihilated, right? He beat Matt Wyman up. Wyman got cut. He looked really sloppy on the ground. Wyman used to be really good in the scrambles. He had some decent chokes. Um, okay, wrestling, his stand-up's never been his strong suit. Um, he's fighting Joe Selecki, who I believe is from Wilmington. Shout out Wilmington, North Carolina. My second favorite place in the entire world. Um, home away from home. Joe Selecki, I believe, trains out of North Carolina. Got to be, if he's trained out of North Car- Wilmington, it's got to be with Derek Brunson. Um, I don't know that, but he is, uh, what? yeah, Wilmington, right. Um, he's coming off the contender series. He looked pretty good in the contender series. Guillotine choke over James Wallace. Um, you know, he's got two losses, one by knockout, one by decision. Um, besides the uh, besides the Wallace win, he doesn't really have a signature win. There's not a lot of names on his record. He looked good in the contender series. I just watched his fight again today. He looked confident. Um, not great everywhere. I think this is evenly matched. The line is a little high uh, on both sides, I think. Uh, if you want to take a stab at Wyman, go ahead. I'm not going to advise it because 
he just looked, he did not look great. I don't know what, he might be training with, you know, if, you, if you're if you an old school MMA fan, you remember Matt Wyman back in 2012, 2013, when he went, he'd fucking say, hey, hey to my animals at home, I leave my TV on so they can see me, hey, how's it going? He's like, naming his, he, he might just be training with fucking barnyard animals. He might not be training with any humans. Um, that worries me, okay? It worries me a lot. He's obviously getting older, he took four years off. You can give him a little bit of a rust factor, however... I don't like Joe Selecki this high. Probably won't take him, but I think he's going to win the fight. I think he'll beat Matt Wyman. I think he'll, you know, he'll too young, too big, too strong. And and Matt, I just don't know what Matt's doing, right? He's a crazy dude. He might not be training at all. He might just be going in there with fucking chi power or whatever the fuck. I don't know, Matt Wyman. All right, next fight. Fight I'm looking forward to a lot. Bryce Arkansas. Bryce Mitchell. What's his name? What's his nickname? Thug Nasty, which you got to change that. It's not Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell. It's Bryce, better give me some camo shorts. Mitchell, who's 11 and 0. He is a minus 110. Pick him, Matt Sales, 8 and 2. He is a minus 120. Uh, Matt Sales is a uh, 120 favorite. So he's slight favorite over Bryce Mitchell. I really like this fight. Very competitive fight. Bryce Mitchell trains in like a, a shed, right? In Arkansas, right? He looked so good his last time out. He impressed me to hell. I lost money against him. He's a huge underdog. Beat Bobby Moffitt by decision. Bobby Moffitt's a big, strong kid. Good takedowns, good submissions. Bryce Mitchell stopped all of his takedowns, out-cardioed him, out-grappled him, looked really, really good. He has an impressive record. His only really loss is the Bracketona and the Ultimate Fighter. Um, the kid's good, right? I mean, he fucking scrambled his nuts with a screwdriver, which I don't know how that happens or how you come back from that. But the one thing I don't like about Bryce Mitchell is he didn't, you know, he had that electric promo in March where he's like, Reebok better give me some camo shorts and Arkansas strong and all that stuff. His big country accent. And then he just takes like almost like a year off. You need to come back in the summer and let them play that promo and get another fight in. But, you know, maybe he had some injuries. Maybe he was resting his nuts. I don't know. Maybe he ripped his nuts open again. Matt Sales, basically a Dominic Cruz trained guy. I know he trains at Alliance and Eric DeFiero is the head coach there. But this is like Cruz's guy. This is like Cruz's right-hand dude. Kind of fights like Dominic, tries to do the footwork, doesn't have the cardio, doesn't you know really have power, moves around and hits. Um, decent in the scrambling. His cardio is not bad, but I don't think it's like Dominic Cruz level cardio. Um, I've been burning Matt Sales before. I've, I've, I've bet heavy on him and, and I lost. Uh, he's one and one in the UFC. Um, I like Bryce Mitchell in this fight. I'm, I don't know if he's an underdog or what. I don't know where the line's going to fall, but I like Bryce Mitchell. I think he's going to come out. I think he's a better everywhere. I really do. I think he has better everything. I think it's evenly matched. Sales could come out and, and starch Mitchell and prove that Mitchell was a fluke because, you know, Mitchell's Arkansas is not really known for the MMA. You know, I don't know who he's. I think he's probably went to some big camps before. I want to say he's been went out to Colorado, but I can't be exactly sure on that. Um, but I like Bryce Mitchell. I think the kid's got some real skill. I think he's marketable with that, you know, that's that, that countryness into him. He's got that country deep inside of him. Um, but you need to stay a little more active, Bryce Mitchell. But I'm looking forward to that fight. That's gonna be a good, uh, good little fight there. All right, next up, J- Jacob Kilburn, who's eight and two. He is a plus two sixty underdog fighting Billy Q, Billy Quarantino, Quartillo, who's twelve and two. Who's a minus three thirty favorite? Big favorite for Billy Q. Billy Q came out the Ultimate Fighter. Um, a guy I've heard about before. I believe he's Florida guy. For he's a Frivola guy. I know him and Frivola boys. So I, I, you know, I he trained out week out in Long Island for this fight as well. But I believe he's a Florida guy. Um, Florida has good MMA. Tampa. So Tampa's kind of building up a little bit of an MMA presence. 
Um, but he said he was born in New York, so I'm not really sure what's going on. I don't know where he lives and where he trains at. But uh, went on the Contender Series, looked really good. Uh, TKO'd Kamala Kirk in the round three. It was It was a pretty good fight there. Um, he had a, he had a stint on the ultimate fighter. He lost to Saul Rogers, uh, who ended up getting popped with like a million steroids. So maybe that's not the worst loss in the world. Um, pretty overall well-rounded guy. Jacob Coburn, a guy I had to look up. I for, I remember the name and I couldn't remember why there are some Kilburns that live in Cincinnati. So maybe it was like, this is one of the dudes from Cincinnati. Uh, is not though. In fact, he's from Tennessee, but the reason I know him is because he lost to Bobby Moffitt in the contender series. Darsh took round two, looked pretty good uh, leading up to that. He obviously got exposed on the takedowns. Um, you know, he's got a few submission wins, but most of his wins are by stand up. He looks like he's pretty good Muay Thai guy. Um, but not great. I would say, I think Billy Q is just going to be too athletic, too, too powerful, too athletic, just too much for Kilburn. I think Kilburn could maybe catch him, maybe, but I doubt it. I think Billy Q is going to steamroll him here. I think he's had a really good training camp. He's ripped up. He's in shape. Seen his Instagram. He's ready to go. This is a big win, for, big, big opportunity for him to make a debut here. Pretty high up on the card. You know, he's two fights away from the main card. Um, this is a good spot for him. For Volda's a solid dude. That's his main training partner. Longo MMA is a great school. Um, not sure who he's with in Tampa. But whatever that school is in Tampa, I think they're doing good things. Um, but Billy Q all day. I don't love the line at minus 330. Again, Kilborn is a guy who didn't look so great against Moffitt, right? Um, looked okay. You know, I don't know. I don't want to just, I don't want to keep shitting on all these people because maybe I want them on the show sometime. But uh, Kilborn's maybe a couple fights ready, a couple fights away from the UFC. Let's just put it that way. So I like Billy Q. Don't love the line, though, because this is MMA. Anything can happen. I don't trust Billy Q yet. Get a real win in the UFC, and then, and then we'll talk about uh, me betting on you, okay? Uh, next up, you had Tiago Alves, who is 23 and 14. He's a plus 205 underdog versus Tim Means. He's 28, 11, and 1. He's a minus 265 favorite. I have written down here hate because I hate this fight. I hate it. I, I, I hate it. Tiago Alves hasn't had a significant win in a long time. Tim Means is coming off a knockout loss to Nico Price. Kind of a weird matchup for me, if I'm being honest with you. Um... I don't know why Tiago is still in the UFC. Um, I know he's getting wins over Max Griffin in Brazil, which a lot of people didn't think he won, but he's just not the killer that he was, right? And Tim Means is a killer, but a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth, um, super aggressive, hyper aggressive, so he can walk into some things. I mean, he got he was looking good against Nico Price. And he just got slapped. You know, that, that can happen to anybody. Um, I, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I just don't like this fight. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm picking Tim Means to win. Tiago Alves really needs to throw some leg kicks, really needs to work his hands. He throws the same combination every single time. Straight punches, making some, mixing some hooks after your kicks or hook kick, kick hook, mix your strikes up. He has a one-two kick, one-two kick. He throws it every time. He has a high guard. His body's open. I said Tim Means being a longer, uh, longer, taller guy coming in with that clinch, throwing knees to the body, hurting him to the body, throwing knees to the head. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet this fight. I might bet the prop that it would uh, be a finish. I think Tim Means will, could finish Tiago Alves with some of those knees I was talking about. Tiago needs a finish here. He's not a killing machine like he used to be. He hasn't gotten a finish in many, many years. But uh, I don't see him finishing Means. He needs a leg kick, though, right? And he needs to mix up his punches. It just doesn't need to be the same. One, two, leg kick. Very predictable. I think he's going to ultimately walk into something. I don't love the fight, though. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it's super exciting. But, yeah, I don't love it. But I'm taking Tim Means. All right, next up, Rob Font, who is uh, 16 and 4. 
He is a minus 145 favorite. He is fighting Ricky Simone, who is 16 and 2. He is a plus 115 underdog. Love this fight. Talking about a fight I didn't like, love this fight. Uh, Rob Font's a guy, Massachusetts guy, training with Calvin Cater and all those guys out there. Um, tremendous fighter, like really good stand up. Um, is working on his takedown offense and is on a little bit of a roll right now. Has fought some uh, some top competition. I, he was supposed to fight Lineker like six times, coming off a win over Sergio Pettis. Lost to Rafael Sunset, which is no shame in that decision. Knocked out Almeida and lost to Pedro Munoz. And he, oh, excuse me, he did fight Lineker. He's supposed to rematch Lineker. So he's lost to Lineker, Munoz, and Asuncao. And uh, he's got Schnell, Almeida, Andrade, and Pettis as wins. This guy's fought to who, who, who's who. Competition's really high for Rob Font. If you value that a lot, then a minus 145 line for him is free money, right? This guy's fought the hoo-hoo. He's only getting better. Good stand-up. Takedown offense, I think, was questionable. I think he is sharing it up a little bit now. Um, but his cardio is going to be great because Calvin Cater looked great. They're from the same camp. He's a little lighter than Calvin, so I'm assuming they're both putting in the work. They're both getting it done. Ricky Simone, a guy a lot of people are high on, has a shiny record, as John Anik would say, and uh, came out and just looked flat and looked overly confident and got caught by a right hand with Uriah Faber and got put out. Um, and that's what happens. Uriah Faber, an older guy, hasn't fought in a while. Simone, I don't even know if he had lost in the UFC at that point, right? He's coming. He was coming off a of Ronnie Yaya win. Just too aggressive and got caught, caught with the right hand. You know, when you're a young fighter, sometimes you think, you know, you're invincible. And uh, he was obviously thought he was invincible against Ryan Faber and just walked into something. Um, Simone's fought some really tough guys too. He's got a win over Marab, kinda. Very competitive fight. He's got a win over Montel Jackson, which is another really good win. This is a really good fucking fight. I'm, you know, this is going to be kind of a high level chess match. These are going to be who's next at 135. Who's going to be the guy to take it to the next level? Simone's got that ugly loss on his record. So that's why he's the underdog. I like the underdog in this. I like Simone. I like people who are going against him. Rob Font's very tricky on the feet. He's very good, but I think Simone's aggression, I think he's learned a lot from the right favorite fight. I think the pressure, the aggression, and him able to mix in takedowns, even if he doesn't get the takedowns, I think he can mix his strikings with his takedowns and really put Rob Font on his heels. Um, Ricky Simone needs to close the distance. He doesn't need to be in the middle of the cage swinging with this guy and, and Ralph Long keeps keeps him at the end of his punches. Simone needs to get in, land his shots, and, and try to get this fight to the ground. Simone has great cardio as well. Uh, really high-level fight. Looking forward to this. Taking a shot with Simone, though, as an underdog. Plus 115. I like it. I think he'll maybe even drop a little lower, um, but we'll see. We'll see uh, We'll see how it goes. But really looking forward to that fight. All right, next will be at Cody Stammen, who's 18-2. and two. He's a plus one. 35 underdog. He's fighting Yadong Song, one of the best names ever, who is 15 and 4. He's a minus 190 favorite. This is the only fight I don't have written down, boys. The only one. Run low on my drink. Um, I don't know what to do. Yadong Song is a finisher. He's a killer. He's very exciting. John Anik has mentioned and said several times that Yadong Song might be one of his favorite fighters to watch. Cody Stammen is like glue. Right, very good wrestler. He sticks on you. Um, good grappling. You know, he's only I think his only loss in the UFC. Maybe not his only loss. His last loss I remember was Aljamain. So his last fight was yeah. So he's only lost once in the UFC. His other loss was the Lawrence De Diglio by split decision way back in 2014. So he's got some wins. He got some wins in the UFC. So he's got Teron Ware, Tom Desquani, 
Brian Carey split decision, two back-to-back split decisions, lost to Nibar by Aljamain and then Alejandro Perez by unanimous. Um, that was the last time out, which that was back in March. He looked good on that fight. Um, he looked like he, you know, upped his cardio a little bit, upped his striking game. I think he's getting better, right? His grappling is obviously what's going to win him this fight. Yudong Song is a killer. He's a finisher. He can finish you with submissions. He can finish you with strikes. He's a heavy favorite, and I want to take the underdog here. I like, I usually bet for the American wrestler. You know, Cody Stammen has some really close split decisions before he is hittable. Yudong, it, like I said, the guy can finish you. Let's see. Let's see his last few fights here for Yadong. Alejandro Perez, he knocked him out in the first round. He decisioned Vince Morales, who's another good wrestler. He has a uh, elbow and punches over Philippe Arantas. And then Chirac Kunarand, uh, if I'm pronouncing that name, front choke. So all his wins UFC besides Vince Morales has been by some kind of finish. And that's impressive, especially at that weight. Ben and weight doesn't get a ton of finishes unless you're an absolute killer. I'm going to go Yudong Song. I, I'm going to go against my own strategy. I never bet against American wrestlers, but I'm doing it, right? Yudong Song, I think, is a killer. And, uh, yeah, that's final. We're locked in. Next up, Aspen Ladd, who's 8-1 versus Yana Kukatsa. Ladd is a minus-160 favorite. Kukatsa is a minus-130. I know I'm mispronouncing her name. Um, every, I'm surprised Aspen Ladd is this high, considering her last fight. She got starched by Jareen Duranami, like in the first second. Um but she's a talented girl. She needs to get this fight to the ground. She needs to get on top. She needs to do what she does. Yana is is a talented striker. She's very uh, she's very solid everywhere. Not a killer though, like uh, like a dream to me. I think Aspen Ladd's going to be okay in this fight. I think Aspen's going to get the fight to the ground, wear on her top. I don't know if she'll get a finish because Yana is tough. But I mean, if Yana has any weakness, it would be off her back. I think Aspen Ladd knows that. Uh, I think she's a little embarrassed. Her only loss was within second. She appealed the loss, which I thought was kind of stupid. But uh, I like Aspen in this fight. Aspen's gonna, Aspen's gonna win that fight. Next up, you had Stefan Struve versus Ben Rothwell. Struve is twenty nine and eleven. He's a plus one fifteen underdog. Rothwell is thirty eight and twelve. He is a minus one thirty five favorite. I wrote down hate for this fight. I hate, hate, hate this fight. It's simple. Ben Rothwell hasn't been the same since he's been busted with steroids. He's been off for many, many years. I feel like he's probably like 58 years old at this point. I really don't know how old he is. I feel like he's 58, though. Probably close to 40, if not 40. Stefan Struve just retired. Now he's coming back. Don't really know what that is. He had a heart problem. Now he doesn't have a heart problem. There's been a lot of rumors with Stefan Struve over the years that he's not, he's not, a, he's not a killer in the gym. He doesn't like to train that much. Or if he does like to train, he doesn't like to train that hard. Um... You know, he was in Florida for a while. I don't know if he still is. He might be training at home now. Rothwell has his own gym. Uh, cardio has never really been an issue for Rothwell. Stefan Struve does tend to slow down sometimes in fights if he doesn't get knocked out. Um, but I hate this fight. I just It just doesn't make any sense. I can never bet for a guy that just retired. So Struve, you're out. I'm going with Rothwell. Rothwell's looked like dog shit in the last few fights. Even though I think he's maybe won a few of his last two fights, I think he probably won... Uh, the Bulgoy fight, I think, was his last time out, right? Didn't he fight Bulgoy last time out? No, he fought. Yeah, he fought Bulgoy when he, and I thought he won, and he and he's lost three in a row. Junior Bulgoy and Andre, I think I thought he he beat Bulgoy, and maybe the Andre fight was close. I probably don't remember. It's probably really boring. Anytime a heavyweight fight goes to a decision, it's usually kind of boring. Ben Rothwell hasn't really been electric since his return. Again, I think uh, the steroids really helped him um, when he fought uh, before because he was getting a lot of knockouts. Now he's not. Stefan Struve, again, coming off retirement. Are you in or are you out? Whatever. I'm going with Rothwell. 
Um, but I don't like that fight. I think that fight should have been in the prelims. I think they should have bumped up Simone Font uh, this high on the card. All right, main, uh, co-main event, Cynthia Calvillo, who is 8-1. She's a plus 105 underdog. She's fighting Marina Rodriguez, who's 12-0-1. She's a minus 135 favorite. Calvillo, former alpha male girl. She left alpha male. She kind of talked shit about him. She's talking shit about Paige Van Zant, former teammate. I like Calvillo. I like her attitude. She doesn't give a fuck. You know, she smokes a lot of weed. She admits it. She's been busted for it before. Um, I've, I think the bulk of her camp was in Tiger Muay Thai. If I'm getting my sources correct uh, on via Instagram, I think a lot of her was over in Thailand. So she's working on her striking. Marina Rodriguez, Brazilian buzzsaw, right? Girl doesn't take a back step. She's aggressive. Looked really good in her TJ Torres fights. Little weakness on the ground. I think a lot of people think that Calvillo, if she gets to take down the fight's kind of over. I don't see it that way. I think Calvillo is sharpening up her tools on the stand-up. And I think Calvillo can look for the takedown, but I think I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think for Calvillo. Um, I think this is going to kind of stand up. This is going to be a stand-up war. I, I'm leaning Mar- Marina Rodriguez. I like Calvillo as an underdog, though. Um, again, I, I I don't I tend not to bet women fights, you know, and, and none of these women fights on this card is a bullet spaghetti fight to me. I think there's a clear cut winner. This fight's probably the hardest fight to pick. Um, on maybe not on the card, but one of the hardest fights to pick on the card. Marina Rodriguez, uh, and I think it's Rodriguez. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong since she's Brazilian. You don't you pronounce the R like an H? All right, is that how it is? I don't know how it, uh, how they do it. In- in, in Brazil, let's Marina. Let's let's check out Marina Rodriguez's record. Okay, so she's uh, had a draw with uh, Random Marcos. She decision Aguilar. Decision she decision Torres Aguilar. Good grappler. Torres has been known to grapple as well. Uh, Random Marcos is a grappler. She drawed with Marcos, and then she has a uh, uh, strikes win on the contender series over uh, Maria Oliveira. So Calvillo does not have better takedowns than Rana Marcos. She has better stand-up than Marcos. So that could open up more takedowns and whatnot. I'm going to rock with Marina Rodriguez here. Rodriguez, excuse me. Calvillo is very interesting play to me. Um, I see a lot of money going on her. This fight will probably close as an even. I'm going with Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Because I think her aggression, and I think she's a little bit better and more powerful on the feet than, than Calvillo. I think Calvillo is very aggressive. I think it's going to be a very, very close decision, if I'm being honest. No one's going to finish anybody. This is going to go decision. Calvillo has known to lose close decisions. She's known to win a lot of close decisions. This has come down to a decision. And, uh, you know, who fucking knows what the judges are going to do? Where are they at? D.C.? I don't know. What are you going to do? You know, D.C. is all politics, huh? Someone's getting slipped some money. Um, but entertaining fight. I like that co-main event, you know. Um, usually they, you know, I'm surprised they didn't put the big boys on the co-main event, even though I hate that fight. Um, I like that these women are getting their shine here. I think both could be superstars in that weight class. They need superstars in that weight class. Cavillo is very interesting, very personable. Marina is a killer. So we'll see. All right, made event. Alistair Overeem, who's 45-17 and fuck, no draws. Wow. He's a minus 125 favorite fighting Jarazino Rosenstrike. He was 9-0. and He's a plus 105 underdog. I love that Rosenstrike. Strike, excuse me. Um, I heard Anik pronounce it right. It's Rosen Strike. Uh, I love that he took this fight. He just came off knocking out Andre Olaski. He's 3 0 in the UFC right now. Strike where the iron's hot. And he's calling out fucking Francis Naganyu. He's like, once I fucking buzzsaw through Overeem, I want Naganyu. Who's calling out Naganyu? No one is. This fucking crazy guy is. Um, you don't have a lot of tape on Jerezino. His UFC debut, he went to the ground a little bit. I think he fight. Uh, he, didn't he fight Diaper Boy? 
did he fight Diaper Boys or who did he fight? Yeah, Junior Albini. So he fought Diaper Boy in his UFC debut. Diaper Boy got him to the ground, got him to round two, and I uh, ended up getting knocked out. Jerzino obviously carries his power. He's a very powerful guy. Basically knocked Alan Crowder out with a jab, and then he knocked Andre out with uh, punches that didn't look to be incredibly hard. Alistair Overeem, I feel like he hasn't fought in a while. I feel like he took like a, a step back for a little bit, and I know that's probably wrong. He fought in April 20th. He beat Alexia Lennox by ground and pound, which was uh, pretty devastating. I remember that because they were buddies. And then he beat... Um, uh, so yeah, he's only had like two fights. One fight in 2019. This will be his second fight. And he fought uh, twice in 18. So maybe this is right on his right on his his average here. Sergey Pavlovich, Pal- he ground and pound too. So he's coming off two wins. Um, obviously, he was supposed to fight Walt Harris. You know, I'm not going to start crying now about what happened to Walt Harris, even though it's very sad. Um, Alistair's the over, over him. He's the favorite here solely because of his record. And the fact that a lot of people think that Overeem's going to take this fight to the ground, that's what he should do. Overeem is a killer on the ground. He's strong. He's going to want to clinch, body lock, takedown. I think he can get it. I think Rosenstruck is a big boy, but Overeem is bigger, at least taller. Um, I think Overeem on the ground is very dangerous. I think he has really good ground and pound. He used to have really good submissions back in the day, but... I think now that he's a heavyweight and he and he got he became Uvarim, now he's his regular Reem. I think his 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 go-to victory now on the ground is 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 the ground and pound. I think he likes that a lot. Rosenstruck, obviously, we haven't seen a lot of him on the ground. Albini stinks. Um, so you know, if you look at that fight, the Albini guy on the ground, you know, that's not great for Rosenstruck because like I said, you know, Albini stinks. But uh Rosenstruck, again, he he's very powerful. But there's so many question marks about the ground. Overeem has fought smart. Like Sergey Pavlovich, he should have taken that fight to the ground. He did. He ground and pounded him. Alexei Olenek, he got on top of Olenek, I think, after a scramble. I don't think he wanted to go to the ground, but he went to the ground with him and he TKO'd him. Um, with Rosenstruck, I think he needs to take the fight to the ground. Now, will Alistair let the alpha male come out and be like, I'm a better striker than this fucking guy? You know, that's what I do. I strike. I don't know where he's training at now. He was at Jackson's. Then he went to Florida. Then he went somewhere else. I don't know where he's at. He might just be in fucking, you know, Holland or whatever training. I'm not really sure where Alistair Overeem's training at, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, man, this is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with Rosenstruck. I think Rosenstruck strike, if he lands early in the first round, it's going to be over, right? I think if Overeem... Starts taking them down over and over again. I think they're both good at gas. And then Rosenstrike could, could finish that way because he does still have power later in the fight. But I think if Overeem gets him to the ground, Overeem is very good on top. And I think it could be a rough night for Rosenstrike. I love the underdog of Rosenstrike. I like that he's an under. If he was a favorite, I might be thinking otherwise. But right now, sitting here Wednesday, um, I'm liking Rosenstrike. Okay, so that's DC. A little taster, a little sample of what's to come uh, in the coming weeks. We're about an hour. That's where I like to keep it. Um, yep. Yeah, so next week we'll have two podcasts. We'll recap UFC DC. We'll have Devin on. We'll do the pick-ups for UFC, whatever it is, the fucking, the big one, the big show, 244, 245. I fucking, I can't keep up with the numbers, okay? Um, we're we're going we're gonna to recap that, or excuse me, we're going to pick them that. I'm crushing Devin. 
I'm, I'm up like 5-3. I mean, the guy, we're going to give him to the end of the year to see if he can catch me. He's got one event left, so he can, technically can't catch me. Maybe I'll let him pick for the 21st card, the Korean Zombie Ortega card, just to see, just to have fun to see if he can catch me. But I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Um, hopefully, I can turn that to some money. So let me give you my locks in the night. Underdog lock in the night. It's going to be Ricky Simone. Mally Martin as well is an interesting underdog lock of the night, but I'm going to go Simone. I'm, I'm confident Simone. And then my absolute lock of the night, the lock of the night where you got to bet it, can't walk away from it. You better bet it. Uh, man. I'm going to go Billy Q, if I'm being honest with you. It was between Billy Q and um, it was between Billy Q or Bryce Mitchell. But I like Billy Q because I think Jacob Kilburn is not ready for the for UFC yet. And uh, so that basically, that's why I'm picking him. And I think Billy Q is very talented. So we'll see. All right, so that's it. That's the show. I will talk to you boys next week. We'll recap DC, all the latest news. And then later in the week, we'll pick, uh, we'll pick uh, the big UFC, the big boys. Who are you picking? Huh? Think about it, right? Think about it. All right, I'll talk to you. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. will rock you he will roll you baby don't you know my heat will move your soul come on come on come on come on love me today Tomorrow, all day, all night, you feel my heat. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down, Nick. You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?